0: My heart skips skipping the beach and I'm close enough so that space between you and me let's lose it The way you're dancing sway into the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl I lose it Alexa play the country heat
1: playlist Okay I don't think you know what you doing
0: to me you got my- With Amazon Music a voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs download the Amazon Music app today What's going on, golf addicts? Thank you for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. This episode is a full-length interview with a rookie caddy on the PGA Tour, Gino Benelli. You may not know Gino. You may not even know who he caddies for. It's a guy named Joel Damon. He's a pretty good player. Uh, Both rookies on tour this season, and Gino is hysterical. He is famously the caddy who very recently... Uh, put out a tweet applying to take the caddy position for Rory McIlroy. Wrote him a great letter, job application, if you will. Got a lot of notoriety. Gino's a pretty funny guy. So we sit down and talk with Gino for a while about the Guinness Book of World Records uh, that he holds, um, breaking arms on the golf course, marriage advice for Rory, and um, you a time when he cried as a caddy during an event it's it's pretty funny stuff you guys are gonna enjoy this episode be sure you follow Gino on twitter as well he's a great dude this episode is brought to you by swing caddy listen we continue to have a lot of success with the swing caddy sc200 and we've got a promo code for you if you go to our website tourjunkies.com click on the swing caddy promo link at the top it takes you to the swing caddy page when you get ready to check out in the promo box, type in "Tour Junkies" all one word, all lowercase. Hit apply, and instead of buying the swing caddy for three hundred and fifty dollars, you get to buy it for two hundred and eighty-nine dollars. It's like a TrackMan in your pocket. Instead of spending twenty grand, you can get you can get it for two hundred ninety bucks, which is pretty cool. And we've enjoyed using it well, a Pat, ton. I just get we hope this. you guys enjoyed yeah. this episode with Gino I, I Benelli. Like, you know, it's a I good feel one. Like Thanks again. We're kindred spirit. I, I feel um, like. Off the cuff game, and you're a very humorous guy. We we've, we've trolled your Twitter account um, pretty well today, and, and I grass, just think the grass video, by the way, yeah, that had me hilarious. cracking up because I remember I being a kid on the golf course and making the whistle sound with <laughs> grass. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that was that was a pretty funny story. So uh, I don't know. Do you want to hear the backstory with that one? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, it's yes. not
1: too long. So we're in Evansville, Indiana, at the Victoria National on the Web Tour last year, and uh, that was the second hole of the day. And this ugly cloud rolled in, and they blew the horn for uh, dangerous conditions. And the marshal came by and said, "Could be twenty minutes. It could be two hours. We don't know. You can either hold in place or come in." Um and everybody in the group was like, I'm going inside and I'm like, It's gonna be fifteen minutes, I'm gonna wait here. So <laughs> I crossed I crossed under a tree and the skies opened up and it was pouring rain and I'm to there. I'm like oh my like the rain was coming through the umbrella, it was raining hard. And I was there for about an hour and you know, just messing with Joel, I was like, I'm gonna make some sort of survival video video out here <laughs> and uh i i did it it turned out pretty good so i sent him a, i texted it to him and uh he never even responded and then somebody came out like an hour later and uh said hey do you need a ride in i'm like yes thank you so i got a ride <laughs> we ended up going to the driving range and we're hitting balls to uh, before we go back out of the golf course and I think somebody like Craig Barlow or something comes up to me. He goes, "Your video was awesome," and Joel hadn't said a word to me about it. He goes, <laughs> "Just put it on the TV in the locker room through Bluetooth connection or something," and he goes, "It was hilarious." So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's it that was a very it me. was a very
0: funny video. Well, we've enjoyed trolling you a little bit these last couple of days, just as we've. Uh, I, I mean. It, you know, what What really sparked, got our attention was obviously the, your open, your open application to <laughs> Rory, which, uh, which we, we can definitely get to here in a little bit. Um, but, uh, Pat, do you want to, do, do you want to kind of start off by uh, us maybe getting to know, you know, a little bit better and, and ask him some questions? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. You, you, uh, put me on the spot there. I don't usually open us up. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I, I mean, right now we're just in the conversation. I, that's what i was saying. Like, you know, so we're not I, even gonna we're not even gonna do it like we typically record. We're just gonna start. Getting no, into we're not. It and I, and I'm even gonna leave all this in. I, I want the people to hear you struggle. So I, I'm yeah. just no. I, I'm just saying, like, Gino, we're we're just kindred spirits with Gino here. We're flowing right now. We're just flowing. So I, I, I like think you. It. Yeah, I think you start that. Well, I mean, I just yeah, as we tend tend to ask. A lot of the caddies that come on with us, um, you know, tell us your story. We want to know how you got into Luton, who else you might have carried for, and um, sure. and how's it going with Joel? Okay,
1: so let's see, how we got started. Joel and I grew up together. Um, I grew up in northern Idaho. He grew up in eastern Washington, um, separated by the Snake River there, um, and I'm four years older than Joel, but uh, we always... When he was really little and I was kind of in my teens, we kind of played at the same level. So we became pretty good buddies because when I was, you know, 13 and he was nine, we were kind of the same, which is, you know, (laughs) shows how far I I felt like I was a decent golfer and he was just way ahead of the curve. So we didn't play each other for a really long time. And then uh, I'm sure you guys have heard Joel's cancer story and, um, you know, he uh, he had cancer, and he, he uh, moved in and lived with us uh, after U uh, Dub. He moved in with my wife and I, and um, then turned pro and moved to Scottsdale and got cancer, and from mm-hmm. we there and went to play on the Canadian tour. He he always calls himself like the the mayor of the Canadian tour because he was up there for so long. But in mm-hmm. 2014, finally won the money list. And in the interim, sorry, I'm kind of focusing on Joel. Go back to me because I'm the important one in this conversation. But uh, so in the meantime, I uh, I graduated from the University of Idaho and uh, went through the PGM program. So I got a business degree and uh, was an assistant. Uh, I never really got my professional status, even though I had completed everything to become a Class A professional. And then one day, um, I got offered a job. So I was working at the Holly Country Club over there in uh, the Seattle area and got offered a job outside of golf and decided to take it and uh, ended up working for a, an internet company. We provided satellite internet all over the world and uh, traveling to Afghanistan and Iraq and all sorts of places, uh, doing Oops. that. So a oh, world away from the golf business for sure. But I learned a lot. I was there for a few years. And uh, then Joel won the money list in 2014. And I had just had a little boy um Hudson. And I didn't want to go to Afghanistan anymore. And I said, please, let me come and caddy for you. And uh, I don't know if he did it as a favor or if he felt like I would be the best man for the job or whatnot. But uh, he said, come on. So went down It started in uh in 2015 with him at a Leo Mexico event. I had no idea what I was doing. I just figured being a decent golfer would kind of translate into being a good caddy it took me a while. I'm still getting out here. But um yeah, so I've been with him ever since. Um he finished 66th on the first year on the money list to keep his card and um last year, you know, he was the bubble boy, kept it by a few hundred bucks and here we are, but uh, I've, I've uh, only
0: worked for Joel full time. Well, so what's the biggest like in your in your time being a caddy? What's the biggest mistake that you've made on the bag, and and what were the repercussions?
1: Boy, you know what, um, I've given a couple bad numbers, and Joel usually doesn't get numbers. It's just all on me. I have given a couple. Uh, Joel's actually handled it really well. So, you know, I've. I have uh, let's see. I've used a middle number as a front number before, and so I think we were 14 yards off on that particular hole. I can think of, and he made par, so it wasn't that big of a deal. The one I felt the worst about was my first PGA Tour event this year. We were at the Anderson, and still didn't play very well in the turn. I think he shot a couple over, and I don't remember what the cut was, but maybe like two under, and we. Start the day pretty well. I think he makes an early birdie, and then birdies four in a row before we make the turn. And I'm like, we're rolling. We're inside the cut line, and then he makes a couple more to start the back. And we're well within the cut line at this point. And he three putts, three putts, and then does something else, makes a stupid bogey. And we get to our 17th hole. We need to finish. I think we need to finish birdie birdie. And it's right down the middle on our 17th pole. I believe it was number eight. And there were the he- sprinkler heads that were unmarked. There's A, B heads. And I had them switched in my book. And again, I'm like, you know, it's 130. And he flags a wedge. Like, I mean, it is beautiful. And it is 20 yards short of the green. Oh. Yeah, and he looks at me. And he goes, that was a bad number, wasn't it? And I'm looking at my book. I'm like, how did I screw this up? And I just, I was off the the wrong head. And he turned around and smoked the bag with his wedge. And, <laughs> I, you know, I, this is going to be, this is embarrassing on me. But so we finished the round. He ends up bogeying 18 as well. He, he got it up and down for par on 17. Bogey's 18. So the hole I gave him the bad number on was the only par he made in the last four holes. And he gets done, and my first PGA Tour event ever, I start crying, like I, like tearing up. <laughs> like, and his girlfriend comes over, and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get fired. She goes, why? would happen? I was like, I gave him a bad number on 17. And he comes out, he can see tears in my eyes. And he's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, Dude, I'm so. I was like, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. Was, Joel's so laid back. He's like, who cares? He's like, that's the only par I made in the last four holes. No, so he didn't even. Uh, it wasn't that. <laughs> I just. I felt so much guilt right then that uh, I don't know. That I try to check and triple check everything, but uh, it's happened. A, it happened a few times, and um, this week. May have been the most hostile exchange we've ever had with each other. Uh, you guys, mind if I just... Sorry, I feel like I'm talking way too much. No, you're you're. Down w- down w- we're
0: interviewing you. You're supposed to <laughs> yeah, that, <so> you, <laughs> just just you're flow, good. and you know, yeah, we we can always edit this. You know, we're not was, live. Share so. <laughs> right, the hostility good, yeah. with us. The...
1: You might just cut this whole thing out. I don't know, but uh, nope I'll just I'll just tell you a story. So, uh, uh, have you guys been around this golf course, or you're familiar with it at all? Very much. I,
0: I I have not, just from the research we've done, you know, kind of, okay. kind of know the course through that. So.
1: so the 15th is a par five. It's, uh, you know, if you get it in the fairway, it's a pretty easy hole. But we uh, played it in the practice round, and there's a bunker out there. The uh, center of the bunker is dead center in the middle of the fairway. And we played it in the practice round, and I, I walked it beforehand, and Joe goes, what's my line here? I said, sure, that bunker's perfect right in the middle. I said, okay, and he had a great shot in the practice round. And then yesterday, we had like a 40-minute wait on the tee. I don't know what happens. A lot of lost golf balls or something. So when we first get up to the tee, we're kind of, you know, just chit-chatting. I'm like, center of the bunker here. And then we just go about our business and wait forever. And so like 20 minutes later, when it's finally time to hit, he steps up, and he goes, left side of the bunker, and the bunker's pretty wide. So there is a big difference between left side of the bunker and center of the bunker. And, uh, and I go no, that doesn't gain you anything to aim it at the left side. And he just looks at me confused. He goes, what? I'm like, it doesn't gain you anything. He goes, I don't know what you mean. He goes, can I hit it at the left side of the bunker? And I'm like, yeah, you can. Uh, but I'm thinking in my head, why would you want to do that? So he, he aims at the left side of the bunker. He kind of pull hooks one. I'm thinking, oh, there's a creek that runs down if you hit it too far left. And we walk off the front of the tee box. It's kind of, you can't see that creek from the tee. But he walks off and he goes, there's a creek over there? And he loses it from me. And I'm like, yeah, man, Let's, center of the bunker was the target. He was like, that's what I was asking you, center of the bunker, or left edge. But in my head, I was thinking, well, we've already talked about the center of the bunker multiple times. So it was just a communication <laughs> error, I guess. But uh, he
0: was just hot.
1: like a marriage. Got, it, it totally is. Very, you know, we spend so much time together, and we got down there. Thankfully, his ball was like a foot out of the hazard, and he hit it on the green and made a birdie. But uh, yeah. the walk walk from the front of the tee to the ball was uh, was a good one.
0: <laughs> David and I have multiple conversations yeah. <laughs> that are quite similar, but but obviously in a different realm. <laughs> I think we even had one today, though, didn't we, David? <laughs> Yeah, we did. Thank God we, we don't we're not in each other's um we don't see each other in person a lot. It's a lot of phone <laughs> call interaction. Because if we did I think I think I would I think we would probably hit each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, Joel's Joel's awesome and it it rarely happens. We get along really well in the golf course. We have a lot of fun out there and uh but once in a while when you you're that together that much, you know, stuff's bound to happen like that. So What was the last thing
0: maybe said or kind of done on the golf course that just made you laugh like crazy, laugh out loud, I mean, almost wet yourself? (laughs)
1: Um, This is a tough question. There's there's a, a lot of story that led up to this story, so I'll just give you a snippet in the middle of the bigger picture. But uh, we decided, and <laughs> we dropped down and played a web event earlier this year. We played Nashville, and he played really well in the first round, and he shot six under. Our goal was to, you know, it, it was kind of an odd. We didn't need to play it because we already had our top two hundred locked up. But uh, we liked Nashville, so we decided that we were going to go. And my wife flew out. She uh, she really likes Nashville too, so. Fast forward um, through a bad round on Friday and a bad round on Saturday, and we find ourselves doing split tees off the backside on Sunday. We're, like, last and you know, 65th place. we make the turn. And uh, Joel goes, do you think we can shoot under par on this last nine without using a yardage book or a pin sheet? (laughs) Yeah, I think we can do it. So. We're not allowed to look at sprinkler heads walking up to our ball. We're, obviously, we kind of know where we are because of the clubs we hit the previous days, but we're not allowed to look at the pin sheet. So, you know, if one's 30 deep instead of fucking deep, we're just kind of guessing. So, no. I think mean, it's our, our fourth hole doing this, and our we're like closing our eyes walking by sprinkler heads. And I don't even remember who we were playing with, but uh, our balls are kind of next to each other in the fairway and Joel and I are, and they're hitting first and Joel's like does it look like a 9 or an 8 i like I think it's a 9 he goes yeah I like 9 too it looks maybe like a good 9 he grabs his 9 or he hits his 9 I'm like maybe 155 and uh, then we kind of go quiet for a second and the guy behind us uh, I hear his caddy go yep 190 and perfect six iron or whatever it was and he grabbed six and joel looks at me and he just loses it, <laughs> uh, I, don't, it I guess it was one of those kind of you had to be there things but we were so far off with our number i don't know how <laughs> we got there and just i think we were kind of in a goofy mood anyway just clearly yeah <laughs> being idiots out there on the golf course not using yards i mean it didn't matter so
0: did did he hit the nine? Did no. he hit the nine?
1: <laughs> we heard that. We heard that. We made it. I think we went to seven. So, uh, I think you made a par on the hole. But uh, that's that's kind of Joel in a nutshell. Was uh, that type of thing? You know, we, we, that's uh, uh, I don't know. That doesn't speak very professional of us. But, uh, it, it really, it truthfully, didn't matter with eight holes to play at the bottom of the web leader leaderboard.
0: So. We we've we've done some digging on you, and we got to hear about you being in the Guinness Book of World Records. I mean, what the what? First off, what possessed you to do that? And and also, how? you know? Just I don't know. Talk us through that because it was it's it's a pretty cool story.
1: I I love obviously I love golf. Um, (laughs) Clearly, and I bought the. It started with the. I bought the Guinness. Book for my, uh, my brother-in-law, who's a few years younger than us. I bought it for him for Christmas, like in 2010. And I always thought that was a really cool book growing up. I loved flipping through pages and just reading all the world records. So he opens it up. He's like, you know, cool. And I took it from him after everybody's done opening presents, and I'm flipping through it. I go to the golf section and see that the, the current world record and there's a world record in there for the most number of holes played in a week. And it was 1,800, I believe, right on the nose. It might have been 1,801. And uh, I started thinking about it. I'm like, I to play 1,800 holes in a week. And then I started doing a little bit of math. Thought, oh, that's 100 rounds in a week. That's, you know, 14-point-whatever-hole rounds per day. And then I started thinking, You're trying to break it down, how fast that was per round to play in northern Idaho. I'm like, oh, man, maybe I couldn't do that. Um, but I was, I was kind of intrigued by it. And then, uh, my wife has a cousin who has a really rare disease called cystinosis. Uh, I don't know as much about it as I should, but your body doesn't filter cystine and your uh, organs kind of crystallize and harden And there's, uh, not a, it's kind of, it's pretty rare. So there's not a lot of government funding research to hear it. So my wife was like, why don't you do a, fundraiser where you golf a bunch and raise money for research for that. All right. That's kind of a cool idea. So I went out one day and I went to see how fast I could play around with my cart. Uh, And I played it in like right at an hour. Um, So I thought, well, if I do it, you know, the longest days of the year, I'll be able to do it, but it's going to be a, a buttload of golf. Um, so I applied with Guinness, uh, in January or February of 2011 and planned on doing it end of June, 1st of July of that same year. And, uh, that whole time I was rounding up volunteers to help me out because the rules were very strict. Um, I had to play by, by the rules of golf all the way through the course had to be at least 6,000 yards. So obviously not long, but, uh. Not a par-3 course either. So I played at 6,000 yard par-72. So obviously pretty easy. But uh, I had volunteers uh, that had to keep score. I had to have two independent scorekeepers rotate in and out every four hours. Like no nobody could work more than four consecutive hours. Wow. So four hours ended up equating to... Basically four rounds of golf, so every seventy wow. holes I would I would switch scorekeepers. So I started on uh, started on a Monday morning at four twenty two a.m. and uh, by Monday night when I shut down, I played eighteen rounds that day, which was three hundred and twenty four holes. And when I woke up Tuesday morning, uh, I didn't think I would be able to play anymore because I didn't do a whole lot of training. like I'm not one for a lot of exercise or anything like that. I had uh, I a bucket of balls every day at lunch, during my lunch break, <laughs> and <laughs> that was about the extent of my training. I ate a lot of nachos. You're in good company um, here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, running sucks. But, yeah, uh, anyway, so, yeah, I uh, played, uh, I, or that Tuesday morning, I got up and I, My forearms were swollen, and the pad of my left thumb was just gone. And uh, I wish, looking back, if I were ever to have to do it again, I would just protect my hands more than anything else. My hands Mm. were just, if the club felt like a razor blade. But uh, I made it through the week. Uh, The first round every morning was miserable. But I I played 111 rounds, plus two extra holes for a total number of 2,000 holes in a week, and uh, I believe I'm still the current world record holder for that, uh, that number. We're,
0: a couple questions. First, how many birdies did you make? I made right. 493 birdies. Cool. Which is also a record, too, right?
1: That is also a Guinness World Record, and truthfully, the, I had a third world record that I thought would be the hardest one to be of the three. And I don't know how it was beat, but I made sixty-seven birdies in twelve hours, yeah. and I really thought uh, that was a good one. But um, the the record that I had uh, that I beat, the the guy before me had fifty-nine, you know. You know, so I upped it to sixty-seven. I'm like, those are two really. You'd have to do something crazy to beat me. But last I saw, I think he made like ninety in twelve hours. So. I don't know if he made the put the hole in the bottom of funnels or what, but that's pretty impressive.
0: I think awesome. if I were to to attempt this to beat your record, I, I don't. First off, I, I wouldn't be able to do it, but I might get the record for the most amount of beers drunk in a seven, <laughs> in a week period. If I did that, I get asked that question
1: a lot: how many beers did I drink that week? And I was afraid that. You know, I I would be too uh, dehydrated or stuff. Yeah, I guess, the last day, but the uh, the final day on Sunday, I had a few. But before that, I was I was a good boy. I tried to stay so did hydrated. Did you? And... Did you have spotters in the fairway? No, not really. That's it's my home country club. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've played it a thousand times. I generally knew where the ball was as soon as I hit it. There was a lot of holes. Like this tenth hole's almost a drive, it's just out of drive. It was like three thirty, a little dogleg left, and there's OB tight right to the green. And there's a lot of times where, as soon as I make in contact with it, I'm like, nope, original, you know. And I'd spend three into the hillside before I finally got one in play. But
0: yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I just kept swinging. You know, I made some big numbers. That that is just that's an amazing risk. So on the Guinness process like do you get anything for breaking a guinness book of world
1: record they they sent me a certificate and that was the extent of it so i've got uh, <laughs> i've got i've got three flame certificates in my dad man cave at his house that uh, say i'm a world record holder Is so, it, did your name go in the book the next year no this what they do is they uh they rotate um records in and out of the book every year because I think there's two pages dedicated to golf and the way they do the new book and a lot of them are really stupid, truthfully. And like the largest tire on a golf cart. I'm like, who cares about that? I'm like, I've played 2,000 freaking holes in a week and it's been, what, six years <laughs> now and it still hasn't been in the
0: book. <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that is I know.
1: Well, I maybe I all of like our
0: listeners can tag Guinness and and get them to to come off it. Of, the next <laughs> I year. I I go buy it like it always comes out at the end of the year,
1: so like October November, it comes out for next year. So the 2018 book will be coming out here in a couple months. And I always like pre-order it on Amazon, and it shows up, and I flip <laughs> it right to the golf page, and nothing. And I I don't even know if I bought it last year, so I just get
0: pissed. <laughs> that that makes me want to break a golf record, Pat. We need to go in there and see if we can find one <laughs> we can break. <laughs> already so um, like um, please don't try to break mine
1: i don't want to do no, it again i feel like now i've i've had it for so long that it I, it's kind of mine
0: um listen you're you're obviously a way better stick than we are if we were to try to play 2000 golf 2000 holes of golf like you realize how many more shots we would have to take <laughs> which means a greater toll on our body it just wouldn't ne- it would never happen it never when happen. you start Extrapolating some of the numbers, you know,
1: yeah, I, I averaged, I averaged like seventy one point eight that round, and that's if a good about, thing, y'all <laughs> if you think about somebody, you know, doing averaging seventy six, you're like, oh, well, that's that's pretty good, which is pretty good, but over that's five hundred and fifty strokes, which is a lot of time to make yeah. that many strokes. So it definitely yeah. helped being being a decent golfer to help have that
0: record. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Um, I, bet our, I bet our listeners, David, would would say that we could probably break the longest golf podcast record. That's true. That's true. That would not be hard. I think we've actually already done before. We just didn't notify Guinness. We didn't notify Guinness. There you go. Maybe we'll get we'll get Gino's uh, uh, help whenever we need to contact Guinness um, That's not something up. Well, um, all right if we think of another question about that we can we can move on um, I yeah, want to ask you if you know of any you know, and, and I know you haven't been on tour that long but I, one of the questions I want to ask is who's a single caddy and or, play, or player on the tour that you have seen has the most game with the ladies <laughs> that's an easy one for me Seamus Power is the man ooh really <laughs>
1: I like that. Oh, Seamus. Um, Pat loves Seamus. Seamus is just, he's such a good dude. And, uh, you know, th- being foreign helps that tremendously here, I feel like. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> the fact that he's, you know, a six foot three blonde, good looking guy on the PGA tour uh, with Never that accent. And he's not, uh, he's not bashful by any means, but, uh. I do. I do know now, though, that uh, he does have a girlfriend. I don't know if they're officially boyfriend girlfriend type deal, but uh, he does have a lady friend who I met a few weeks ago, and she seemed very nice
0: and she very attractive and he did good work. But uh, <laughs> what 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 about who's the worst? Have you seen somebody that just can't make it happen? <laughs> um, I haven't witnessed it. I can make an assumption. Is, is that
1: uh, is that mean of me yeah. to do? If I, if I no, assume. No. I would not at all. if I just had to guess and I do I I do not know this person at all. Better, even better.
0: <laughs> Zach Blair. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> I mean uh,
1: I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just feel like he looks like he's twelve. Yeah, he totally does. Yeah.
0: They they would all wonder wonder if his mom or dad was gonna pick him up for the date. Like, well yeah, that's
1: that's it, you know. Um, my mom will be there at 6.30, but we have to have you home by 9.30. And yeah. I mean, no offense to Zach, because he's probably a great guy, but
0: I don't know. Is, well, yeah. if you follow him on Twitter, you would know that, I mean, he would probably end up talking about the Buck Club the entire day. Buck Club, the Buck that's Club. it, <laughs> yep. Oh, exactly, God. retweet for a free hat. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I, I I wonder if he's wearing, like, junior Buck Club hats. <laughs> because I don't know that he's... <laughs> So, um, I didn't know this until, and you guys might be able to fill
1: me in, but so the Buck Club is just like a fictional golf club that they yes, want to see. Yes. yes yeah.
0: It took me a little really while to figure that one out, too. <laughs> Which actually <laughs> yeah, kind I, of further solidifies the little kid thing. It's like his imaginary friend, but it's his imaginary <laughs> golf course. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I
1: thought it was some awesome club in Utah or something that was just no. awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah okay it uh, I didn't know that until recently
0: yeah that's that's pretty funny that you uh yeah that's just pretty funny um okay <laughs> another story how how did you end up breaking both of your arms playing golf <laughs> i uh the course i grew up playing
1: uh borders our airport in our town it's dog leg left par four and if you lose it right it's in it's over the airport fence and which is uh, you know, six feet of chain link with two feet of barbed wire on top of it no trespassing all over it. But every hack in the world slices the golf ball and there's hundred and fifty golf balls on the other side of this fence and I'm a thirteen year old kid and golf balls to me are like gold. And like <laughs> I can get it. I can get over this fence. And uh me and my buddy were out there and he was like, Oh you can do it. So I climbed to the top of this thing, and I, uh, I put one leg over, and I kind of get the second leg on, on top of one of the strips of barbed wire, and I go to jump, and one of the barbs hooked the back of my shoe, and hung me up, and just flipped me over, and I went straight to the ground with both arms extended, and, uh. I, I hit, and my, my arms collapsed, and, like, you know, I hit my face on the ground on the other side, and I'm laying there just kind of going, oh, and he's like, are you okay? And, you know, I'm kind of rolling around on the ground, and I'm like, no, I broke my arm. And he goes, and I'd never broken a bone, but I just knew it was broken. He goes, which one? I was like, my right. No, 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 it, it was my left. I broke my left. And then, like, it never dawned on me that I could break both arms. <laughs> and. Oh, uh God. So I'm on the other side of this airport fence with two broken arms, and I don't know how the hell I'm going to get back over to the golf course because I know I need to go to the hospital. Um, And my buddy's like, "Hey, get some of those golf balls." (laughs) All right, so you know I start kind of kicking them into a little pile, and then pretty quick I'm like, "The hell with this! I am hurting." So um, we there was three of us there, and one guy was able to lift the bottom of the fence up just high enough. When I was 13, I probably only weighed 80 pounds anyway. But um, And I laid down and kind of uh, kicked with my feet and tried to push myself back through where he was lifting up, and one guy grabbed me by my neck and pulled me back through. And uh, we walked in and took me to the hospital.
0: <laughs> well, Actually... Uh, I I I have a similar story, but, but I was much much older. Actually, it was only four years ago, but it wasn't on the golf course. I was I was uh, leaving a Falcons game, and I couldn't find my where our car was in the parking lot. And then we finally found it, and it was over this fence. And I just decided that I was just going to climb the fence and jump over it. Same kind of deal. Tried to jump got caught up in the fence but I landed on my heel and broke my heel and it was oh, the most man. painful thing that has ever happened to me so. yeah that's brutal
1: but um, did you end you up know, in a I, cast or what they do
0: no I, I was in a boot for like I don't know two months but you know I was 36 years old whereas you were 13 so what? you have I don't really have much of an excuse for the stupidity
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh, yeah yours probably hurt way worse I broken feet Think.
0: Yeah. Well, um so I guess that just that you, you didn't get to play golf for a little while after that.
1: No, I uh, I did. My left one was broke pretty bad. They had to set it and they casted it all the way up to my armpit at a ninety degree angle. But my right one I could straighten. It only went up to my elbow. I did. Uh, <laughs> it speaks to my golf dorkdom, I guess, for lack of a better word. But I did try playing golf in casts one time. Uh, it's tough when you're Arms Bent to a ninety though.
0: Well how how many yeah. golf balls were you able to retrieve? You know, I didn't end up getting a single <laughs> golf ball. It was miserable. Uh, I love that they asked you to do that. That's, the, that's the <laughs> yeah, right. Hey Gino, you go over.
1: Okay. Yeah. That great. <laughs> um all right, we
0: All right, we gotta talk about we gotta talk about this, this this application to Rory's uh caddy position. Okay Um obviously it's you're you're a pretty funny guy. You're, anybody that doesn't follow you on Twitter needs to, um, because we we just learned uh, that it, it's a good account. What, by the way, what's your Twitter handle for everybody that's listening?
1: Uh, it's just my full name, Gino Benelli. Um, All right. Are you liking the mafia, Gino?
0: <laughs> right? If we rub you the wrong uh, way, just, are you gonna break our I, legs?
1: I'm not on the mafia. I do own a, a chain of uh, pizza places and uh, some right. shops, though. New York. <laughs> um.
0: Uh, so you 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 got some notoriety here recently um because you tweeted out an application to uh, hop on the bag for Rory, as we all know. He just uh he just let go his man of nine years and huh? currently one of his buddies is on the bag, but you know, it sounds like he could be persuaded and uh, <laughs> it's open for applications. open for application. I sure, um, I sure hope so. That'd
1: be awesome. Uh, you know, Rory is like has <laughs> been my favorite player. Like, uh, watching him hit the golf ball is like golf porn for me. That, uh, yeah, it's awesome. I love watching him swing it. And, uh, and truthfully, how the whole thing, how I even thought of the idea, I was, uh, I think I was waiting in the airport coming here to Greensboro, and that dubbed over interview of him. Yeah, on my Twitter somewhere. That person, whoever did that, was unbelievable. Hilarious. Now, like their ums and pauses were just yes. so spot on. And <laughs> I, the first time I I listened to it, I didn't actually watch the video because it was kind of loud around me. So I just picked it up and held it by my ear, and I was dying because I thought it was Rory and I thought he was just being hilarious and messing with the media. And I, it made me He's so like, happy. I wish more guys would actually say stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, that that so video like, is oh amazing.
1: My...
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it was so good, and
1: I thought, Rory has a sense of humor. This is awesome. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something, say something funny to him. So, I, as I'm getting on my plane, I think I went from Chicago here. I just typed this little deal in... Uh, in my on my phone in the notepad and I landed and I sent it to Joel. I'm like, is this funny or uh, is this stupid? And he goes, oh, that's hilarious. He's like, you should tweet that. And I couldn't figure out because it's kind of long. <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't figure out how to get the whole thing out there. <laughs> so uh, I emailed it to my wife and I'm like, hey, could you pull this up on your computer and just take a picture of the email and send it back to me? So, she did, and uh, I put it out there, you know, just truthfully. I mean, I figured my 42 followers and Joel would be the only people <laughs> that ever saw
0: it. But, well, uh, yeah, it seemed kind of a big thing. Well, what's funny is you, you, again, I've mentioned this, We you feel like a kindred spirit to us. First of all, you're clearly a big-time golf nut, which we are as well. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we do the fantasy golf stuff, but we love Actual golf more than anything in the world, um, but also another another way that you're like us is you have to sometimes um, vet your tweets through your wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> you like know. we are constantly it's more my wife than Pat's wife, but we're we are constantly going to my wife and being like, okay, ha- is this okay, or should we do this? And a lot of times we get shot down because my wife is very you know. Conservative, and she doesn't want us to look bad or do something dumb. Yeah, you know, that's, but it's uh, good to have
1: wives like that.
0: Yes, it's, that's very funny that that you did that. We can we can totally empathize with that. Yeah, uh, you and know, Pat I... can empathize with your technology troubles of getting it uh, <laughs> on uh, on Twitter because he doesn't have a clue yeah. what he's doing. It's a, it's a
1: what well, I've learned is a pain. But uh, yeah, you don't want to be uh, you don't want to be too offensive. You need you to do it like tastefully right. funny, but still,
0: you know. I don't know. If you want to be edgy, you know, you know, you uh, that's, uh, that's what that's what sells, right? But anyway, yeah, um, I, I want to talk about the highlights of this of this letter here. Okay. I mean, I think reading reading the whole thing is is ideal. We will spare the listener that for now. But if you if they haven't read it, they must go read it. Um, but basically, you're 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 writing a letter to Mr. McElroy. Is how you address it, um, and you would like to formally apply for the position. And I, I love right off the bat. Um, I helped lead Joel to a solo 68 finish at the Reno Tahoe (laughs) Open, a T80 MDF in Puerto Rico, and my favorite line, and also helped him make four consecutive birdies in the (laughs) Sanderson Farms championship, which now we've learned in that same round, you effed him up on number 17. (laughs) We can't talk about that though. But but you know, yeah, in any job application, you want to make yourself look good. Um, And then, Please don't think I'm sneaking around Joel behind Joel's back. He may also be applying for the position. Is <laughs> fantastic. Um, and then, of course, uh, it won't be awkward because we already know each other. We played in front of you on Saturday at the Travelers, and during the wait on the fourth tee box, I asked if you wanted a water, which you politely declined. So we're pretty much best friends already. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you're making the personal connection. You know, so far, I think this is going well. And then you list your strength right your strength is a caddy uh, i'm really really good at numbers especially at elevation you want me to take two percent off 157 bam 154 you want decimal <laughs> point and then i like this i know you're good but joel and i usually work in whole yard <laughs> <laughs> i know i don't know if a lot of people picked up on that one but i i uh, i like that line love the whole yard thing um i'm an excellent bunker raker which we've we've asked a lot of caddies on our podcast before about the bunker uh technique thing and when i caddied for about a two holes in the players championship last year i i really that was my big first mistake on hole number one i just normal golfers do not know how the pj4 caddies break bunkers and that's the part. <laughs> just kind uh, of move the hand around uh, and holes. right right um i'm one of the best in the world uh you would be a, a stat machine on with a bunker rake. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, during practice rounds, I like I like making I mean, various this, bets. This is one of my favorites because I, I yes. there's a lot there's a lot in the, this line that I need I need <laughs> clarification on because you say that you had bets on on various things with with Joel and. Yeah, you know, you made three hundred seventy dollars this year betting on three footers. It's a nice supplemental income. <laughs> I, I need to know, like, which way did these bets go? I mean, were they were they betting for a miss or a make? I mean, so I, like, I, you know, I want to make
1: him try to be his best, so I always take the, the negative side. So uh, you know, I bet you five bucks he missed this three footer. And uh, <laughs> is that is that, that something five, you guys do in a tournament round? Like during a tournament round? Uh, not on three footers, but, uh, if it's a difficult shot, we absolutely bet on a, on a shot. He's like, what are the odds I get this on the green? You know, if one's buried in the rough behind some trees, I'm like, <laughs> one okay, in, but six, you're not doing it one on three footers. footers. No, never on three footers. Okay, good. good. Not, okay. not in competition anyway. We might in the practice round. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Practice rounds one thing. Um,
0: <laughs> I also like, uh, You know, my shortcomings as a caddy um, are also pretty good. You're talking about, you know, some potential areas or opportunities for improvement. Um, If you make me keep our our playing partners score, I sometimes lose track of what they made on a hole because I'm so focused on what we're doing. And then I love this part. In parentheses, see what I did there? I turned a negative into a positive. is just (laughs) awesome. Like, just, like, Pat and I come from the corporate world where, like, you, we've interviewed people, we've been in interviews, and they teach you how to interview, and it's all that garbage. And I love that you, like, kind of work in some of that dumb stuff. Um, uh, it's, anyway, you probably have a lot of follow-up questions you'd like to ask me. Go ahead and have your agent get a hold of my agent, and I'm sure we can figure something out. Uh, that's just, it's beautiful. It's, it's yeah. well done. So yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I know that you know you, it's been uh, featured in a few little golf channel or Golf Digest threads or anything else. Have, have you heard from Rory? Because I know you tagged him. Did you no, get anything from it, Rory? Damn it, Rory. Okay. Oh, come on! Get a Rory. hold of me, man. Come on!
1: Follow me back I on mean, Twitter. Direct message me. So we can work this out.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, let, let's all get. Let's all be honest, Gino. You know? Like, I hate to be the. I don't know if anyone's. You know. I'm We'll be the we'll be the, the Marcus Lemonis in the Prophet or or Simon <laughs> Cowell on American Idol. You're not going to get the job, okay, buddy. You're just not. <laughs> but but Rory needs to at minimum retweet that thing or follow you or whatever. It's freaking hilarious. You know what? That would it would make my day is if he if he just said, "Hey, that made me laugh." Yeah, I, that would be great. Sure. He needs to do that. Uh, that would be nice. He needs to do that. Um, maybe if if enough of our listeners like tag tag him and annoy him to death maybe that'll work um maybe not um, pat and i also thought of some follow-up questions that you know like let's just say rory let's just say we're rory's agent kind of and and we're like you know mr mcelroy has a few a few additional questions he'd like to he'd like to get answered before maybe you're formal in person face-to-face with with rory so, if you're up for that, we we'd like to kind of see what you got on some of those. Put you on the spot a little bit. Does that sound good?
1: I'll, I'll do my best. These could be bad, though. <laughs>
0: Pat, you you wanna you wanna start with that, or or you want me to go? No, I'll I'll start us off here. Once you go? Yeah. All right. So, Rory's grabbing a three wood on the tee, and and you know he needs to pull that driver because he just he's just striping that driver. What do you say?
1: I think I kind of in. uh, I pose it as a question, kind of. uh, What are you planning on doing with that one, there, bud? You know, Um, make him draw me a picture of what he thinks, uh, and and I draw him a picture of what I think, and uh, see which picture he likes better. (laughs) Is this a mental picture, or do you carry around a pad where you can write the picture? (laughs) it in the yard. I definitely do that with Joel. Draw little pictures of the yard book. No, that bunker's in play with this club, so we want to hit it to this location, which is a little bit farther. Okay, good yeah.
0: detail there. Um, all right. So, what would be the one thing Rory would get from you that no other caddy can
1: provide? That no other caddy can provide. That's uh, that's a tough one. Uh, um. Maybe like, maybe free oh. pizza at all your uh, your pizza chain right yeah, <laughs> now. that's right. At all of my uh, my Gino's pizza shops in New York City. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I don't. There's so many. I, everybody. That sounds a terrible answer, but everybody's a good caddy out here. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm more fun than most, but I, I don't mean that. And people view that as like a negative thing, like I'm a goofball or something. When it's time to be serious, I'm serious, but. Uh, <laughs> I always I like to have a have a good time out there, and uh, maybe that, uh Joel's personality has rubbed off on me. But there's there's a lot of guys that are just so stiff and uh, I don't know tight. I'm just like, man, that uh, looks miserable. Like I don't know. I uh, love <laughs> golf is fun, and I like having fun with it. Even even after we make double bogey on our 18th hole today, it's I still love it. Yeah. I love what I do. I don't. Well, here's one thing he will not get from me. here. I just thought of an answer. No one will enjoy their job more than I will. I absolutely love doing what I do. Mm. Mm. Oh, okay, if, I like that. If we're like interviewing
0: that. you, we just we just wrote that down. We just yeah, wrote we, that did, we did. We did. Uh, uh, I've got, I've I've got had to circle okay. around it, but I found it. There it was. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more, and then I'm gonna let uh, you know my partner. My agent partner, David, uh, asked, asked the rest here. But, so Rory is, uh, as you know, I think it was a rider cut up maybe where, or, or something. I don't know. But he overslept and missed the tea time. Okay. So yeah. I need to know, I mean, what method of alarm clock do you recommend and what sound would be best to prevent this from happening again? <laughs> you guys watch
1: Seinfeld? Oh, oh, God. Oh Man. God.
0: I yeah, love you <laughs> just—you touched a nerve here. You touched a nerve. <laughs> oh, I'm a, a huge Seinfeld a fan. No, I
1: love Seinfeld. Remember the episode when Kramer sets his mental clock for the uh, marathon runner? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he said Kramer insists that his alarm clock always goes off on time, and uh, there's a whole episode about it. But uh, I always set my mental alarm, and uh, you got to have the iPhone with two alarms that two different ones three minutes apart that's, that's okay. the technique what's the that's what's it. the
0: sound what's the sound of
1: choice Ooh, you know what uh, i wish i had a better answer i think it's just some lame common ringtone
0: i was yeah. listening to uh i don't know if you you know if you listen to any other podcasts other than this fantastic podcast but uh, i listen to the pat mcafee show which is a barstool sports podcast yeah. and it's pretty funny and Pat McAfee, the former punter for the Indianapolis Colts, retired at age 29 to basically join barstool and be funny and drunk for the rest of his life. And he's really good at both of those things. Um, he he recently talked about he changed his his alarm to this song that is like I've never heard the song before, but it's like a it's like a pump up song. Like it, it starts kind of like it, it almost like sounds Eye like a the movie. Tiger? Yeah, 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 yeah. It sounds like a movie score, like where it kind of starts and it's it, a little more subtle, but it builds quickly. And then it's like a, like a, yeah. And it just, and he's, he's saying it's like changed his life that he just, he gets out of bed <laughs> ready to roll. And maybe that's, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to have to look into that. Try that. Yeah. Try that. Tell Joel I to like try that. it. And if he goes out and like wins a tournament, we we need credit for that. Joel needs to try or, it. He's going to need a
1: little pumped up tomorrow morning. I'll, uh, I'll let him know. Yeah. That.
0: There you go. Um, and y'all can have your Seinfeld thing. I, I I don't really. I never really got into Seinfeld. Never really got it. <laughs> um, but okay, Rory, Here's another one. Rory. Rory needs a good nickname, right? He's and and you gotta get you gotta you gotta give him one. Like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle with this just because it's so much easier to give somebody a nickname if
1: you know them personally. That's um, true. That's true. <laughs> I heard that No Lane up uh, nicknamed him McRib. Which yeah, yeah. kinda uh, funny yeah. and but uh I don't know. I feel like I can't answer that one without uh without knowing, knowing better. Yeah. Then, uh I don't even have a good one for Joel, truthfully. I just call him J D, which is just what I call it. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: it is. Do you have do you have
0: a nickname, Gina? Does anybody do you have a nickname you go by?
1: Um my mom calls me Bambino. Yeah, you're definitely um, Italian or something. <laughs> right? You're, you're in um, the sometimes mafia. my wife, yeah, my mom calls me or my not my mom, my wife calls me Bam. Sometimes
0: she shortened that one up, but right. uh, that's about it. I would say. All right, here's here's a tough one. This is tough because you know sometimes you you caddy player relationships they get close, and you know sometimes it's it's not just about you know I don't know if you've learned this yet, Gino, but let us help you. It's not just always about caddying your guy through the golf course. But sometimes it's about in the fairways on the golf course. But it's about caddying him through the fairways of life. Okay, Rory is having marriage. He's having marriage issues at home with his new bride, and he's taking it out on you on the course. You you know he is. Okay, do you take it? Do you slap him around a little bit, rough him up, tell him to man up? Or do you take kind of the Doctor Phil approach and you say, "Hey, man, I know, I know things are going on." Let's talk about it. Like what's what's the what's the Bambino approach?
1: Okay. I before I can answer that question, I need a couple things from you. I need mean, you to paint me a better okay. picture. What what day of the week is it?
0: Uh Thursday. This, are... this is this is a Thursday, round one of a, of an oh. event. True. Really? And, okay. and yep, and, and when you when you left when you left Wednesday practice round things were great. And you show up Thursday to the practice sesh, things aren't so great. He lets you know a little bit that there's some tension with the wife. Um, you know, you you kind of brush it off, but as the day is unfolding, you're like on number six fairway, and okay. things start happening, and and you're feeling the heat. Are we over par? Uh, you're not over par. You're 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 Bill hosting the crap out of the golf course right now. You're just paring <laughs> the thing to death. But okay. but it's basically a, it's basically a set field where par is no good. You got to be you got to be slaying Par no up. good. The fact that it's early in the week.
1: And he made a comment about it on Wednesday. The fact that he made a comment about it means he probably wants to talk about it. Okay. So I'm going to ask him, hey, man, you know, are you okay? I'm going to play the Dr. Phil role. Let's talk about okay. it. I'm, okay. Uh, you know, a lot of times, there's a lot of situations where you just wear it and just let him, let him yell at you or whatever the case might be. But uh, Right. I feel like uh, if that's if that's the situation that you just painted for me, he probably wants to talk about it after he gets it off his chest. You know, we're only six holes in. We got sixty-six to play. Let's go get it.
0: Okay, I like that approach. All right, but 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 let me throw let me throw a curveball. Okay, tell me about a time. Right, one of these interview questions. What if what if uh, what if you 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 bring that up and he's kind of closed off-ish still, and he's like, oh, you know, we just we just kind of got into it and. and you know, uh, things aren't right, and you know, uh, we just we, I don't I don't know, man. Let's just play golf, you know. But he, then he doesn't six holes really later, yeah. But then six holes later, he lets you have it again for something dumb. Like I, basically, what I'm asking is, would there be a point where you just let you just rough him up, and you're like, listen, man, and you grab him by the blade Nike collar, and you look him in the eye, and you go, listen, <laughs> you can get your together right now. You know what I mean? Like, man up, and let's let's do this. At what point does that happen or does it happen? I feel like there's there's always a time for all three of those
1: things and it just it all depends on their attitude. So a time yeah. Um you know, if he makes uh, makes a number on a hole and is kind of just losing his shit a little bit and uh it's kind of been negative all day and it's we've just been chugging along at that pace and anything else isn't working and he's upset about a bad hole. Sometimes you just have to do that and it's a hard thing to do because you don't know what the repercussion's gonna be. You don't know how he's gonna respond to that. But sometimes it you know, it kinda snaps him out of it a little bit like, Oh, uh, I'm being an, you know, I'm out of line right now. So um it's necessary sometimes and uh, it could get to that point. Yeah, I'm gonna have to grab Rory by his by his blade collar and just <laughs> like that. <laughs>
0: That's uh, you, you handle that really well again. Like you're 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 an interviewee expert right now. Like you're just <laughs> there was really no right answer. It's situational. It's needs based, right? You it is. You it's You, you got to read to read them and and make the right decision. All right, we kind of have one more. Um, so the last one is Rory comes to you. He wants he wants your opinion on this hot new logo that he, that that his people just okay. rolled out for him, right? And it's basically an R and an M intertwined right? What do you say? Uh, what, what's your feedback? Uh, uh,
1: the, uh, the, those are, like, the initials are so lame, everybody does oh, that. Or thank you, God. <laughs> Alright, you got the job. Just, you got the job. It just <laughs> mirrors um, the only good ones that are initials, and I don't know if you guys uh, can picture it in your head, but if it's something like, uh, the old school Milwaukee Brewers, where it's the M and the B, or that that forms a glove, or uh yeah, Washington Maryland, yeah. Yeah. Washington Washington State University how WSU makes a cougar can you guys picture that one that's the one, best one in college oh, yeah. i can picture yeah. that
0: one better than the brewers one but yeah i have the brewers
1: in my head too so. the WSU one is awesome because it's it's a cougar and it's just, it, you know it's easier to see the cougar than it is the WSU but as far as just plain mirrored letters or things intertwined,
0: eh but but it's but awesome. like how do you approach Rory on that like what do you say and then what do you suggest? Lame.
1: I don't know. I would be <laughs> like, dude, that's lame. Just straight <laughs> up. You know, uh, you should get
0: a better graphic designer there, partner. That's well, a, I'm glad you said that. Boring. Have you? I know you've listened to a couple of shows of ours. Um, have you happened to, did you hear our recent rant on player logos? I did not
1: hear the recent rant.
0: Okay, good. So that that makes me even happier with your answer, that, that you you felt that way without knowing that we feel that way but a couple episodes ago we kind of got into it um well we we were we kind of picked on Terrell Hatton on Twitter because he launched his new logo which honestly of all the logos that are like initials his is actually kind of cool looking but uh we we commented and poked fun at him and kind of said yeah I mean no one does that anymore like very creative you need something else um <laughs> Cool. and then on the on the podcast we we kind of talked about all the players that have logos and like the the initials logos and how they're all kind of played out and there's a lot of players you even wouldn't imagine even had logos like Fabian Gomez and JJ Henry um and and their their first initial last initial deals and you know just kinda we we take mashed together yeah and and it's just so overdone right now and i mean tiger started it i think Um, but Tigers, Tiger, and Pat and I kind of got into a little heated debate about, you know, in the old days. Yeah, because we talked about our logo, which is a squirrel, right? Like, I mean, we have the TJ on a couple of things, but the squirrel is our predominant major logo. And um, you know, back in the day, you had the bear, the golden bear with Jack. You had the shark with Greg Norman. You had the the Black Knight with Gary Player. Yeah. Exactly. Like the, we need to see some more of more that. creative. Yeah, Absolutely. that's what I'm saying.
1: I, I think my... I kind uh, of got into it. I think if I could have one, it would uh, it'd be Will Ferrell standing there in a bathrobe. One of the bathrobe scenes from <laughs> Wedding Crashers or something like that. I don't know if that'd be allowed, but I feel like that'd be, no, that'd be for me. <laughs>
0: um,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and, I, I agree. The, uh,
0: the initials are just... Uh, they're played out. B- boring, whatever. Well, Pat suggested that, like, a real hat and be like the raccoon for some dumb reason it doesn't make sense but that's totally, that's totally, yeah. uh-huh. so that's that's totally you what know, we're calling now on the podcast that's something that would like catch on though and then
1: everybody would just know him as a raccoon that would be funny
0: right yeah that's that's right. why yeah
1: that's that was a that was that was what i was thinking you know just take well, I, some like innocent weird animal or something <laughs>
0: Well, we kind of have a little thing going with Kevin Kisner, who's one of our boys. Uh, when you see him this weekend at the uh, uh, at the Wyndham, you know, holler out who lit the kids. That's our who lit the kids.
1: All right, and I have yeah, to that's... ask you. I do. I follow you guys on Twitter. I've listened to a couple shows. Um, and I apologize for not knowing this. I have two questions for you, though. Mm-hmm. Who is Golby? Is that like a, mm-hmm. your squirrel mascot? Yes. Okay, um, that's
0: what I thought. Pat, do you want to tell him the story on that? No, I'll I'll let you do it because I mispronounce oh. names when I do when we do that story. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Uh, so the squirrel is a blind squirrel, and it's based off the idea of a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, which Love is that. what we do: it. betting golf, fantasy golf, golf in general is just so variable, and that's just what it is. So we had the squirrel first, but then we were like, "Man, we gotta have a name for this guy! Like we can't just have a squirrel. We gotta have a name." So, you know, we're from Augusta, both of us born and raised in Augusta. Um, the Masters is a huge part of our lives every year and has been since we were kids. Um, and, and and we just love golf. So we were sitting around, and one of our friends who actually helped design Golby um, said, well, what about Bob Golby? And we were like, who? And he said, yeah, Bob Golby was an old PGA Tour golfer who won the Masters. Because DiVincenzo signed an incorrect scorecard. I remember that. Okay. And I didn't know who won. So, but, all right. Yeah, so we looked up the story, and it's like, yeah, 1968, uh, he walked off the course having tied for the lead, and at that point they were going to play a Monday 18-hole playoff. And um, it was going to be uh, DiVincenzo, and he, he signed the incorrect card, got the penalty, and they gave it to Golby, which, you know, uh, he's he's argued since that day that, Clearly he could have gone out on Monday and won the playoff and won it outright, but you can't deny that he won it with a little bit of luck. I mean, he got a green jacket and a membership at the national for the rest of his life because that guy made a dumb move. So, and it, and it happening in our hometown at the masters. And so we just said, Golby is his name. And so he spelled just like Bob Golby. Um, so that's our, that's our, that's our, Perfect. that's a, he, that's That's a great story. And
1: then uh, one more, what is Bohm? Am I even pronouncing that correctly? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll tell that
0: story, too. So, uh, Pat and I went to the Ryder Cup this year, this past year. And we'd never been before, and it was the most phenomenal sporting event we'd ever been to. And it was the night that the U.S. won the Ryder Cup. We were staying at a friend's house uh, there in Minnesota, a really nice house. And he had a basketball court indoors. Um and me and Pat and Pat, also known as Direct TV Perry, were playing basketball in the in the house. It's like midnight, and we had been, you know, on the course all day. Pat is definitely a day drinking beer fan, and then we got to that house that evening. We started working on some double oak aged Woodford Bourbon. And so everyone, me, Pat and his brother were very uh were very loose and feeling feeling good. And me and his brother were were actually playing basketball uh in, in our underwear and Pat um <laughs> Pat had passed out for a second and was and had gotten up and found us in there and he walked in and he's you know, first of all shocked at what's going on and and I'm like, and I'm pressuring him. I'm like, Pat, shoot! First of all, I'd seen Pat play basketball sober, and it was horrible. So I really wanted him to see, <laughs> I really wanted to see him play basketball, uh, intoxicated. So I'm like, I give him the ball. I'm like, Pat, shoot, man, shoot, shoot. And he's like, looking at us like we're crazy. And he's, and, and I'm like, I want you to shoot. And he's like, all right. And he, and he gets real confident. He's like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this, you know. And he's slurring his words. And the last <laughs> thing he does, is he looks in the camera and he tries to say, boom. But he's so intoxicated, it comes out boom, and then he shoots love it. And it's, a, it's about an eleven foot shot, and he comes up about three feet short, <laughs> never hits the rim, and and it's just it's kind of like your story. Like it, you really had to be there, and and months after months after the Ryder Cup, I'm watching that video on my phone, and I I've, I made a habit of watching it like once a week because it just makes me laugh. <laughs> Dude, and I, I so sent a group awesome. text to Pat and another buddy of ours I'm like, dude, listen to you say boom in this thing it is just the funniest thing ever and then, then we were like, We gotta make this a thing. This has to be our thing. That, you know, All you right. say boom instead of boom. So that's that's what that's where that comes from.
1: I, I figured they were those two words were probably related
0: somehow. I appreciate you asking that. That's uh you, you, yeah, can a, to, uh, you can uh, see a you can see a little snippet of that uh, that video on video. the uh, yeah on, okay. on Twitter account. So and I and I can uh, I'll, I'll, we'll get your number and I'll text you the full video as long as you promise not to put it out because Pat's very uh, very conscious <laughs> you <feel>. about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fair. I guess
1: I, everyone thinks it's the, the dream job, which it is. I absolutely love my job, but it is. I've, I don't know if you've heard this before, but it's okay to ask how much money you make. Like, the first question people ask is, oh, you're a caddy? How much money do you make? That's the first question. I'm like, I don't even know you.
0: And it's, we were, we flew into... Uh, you don't ask anyone else that on any other level? Not no
1: one in the world. And apparently it's okay. Like, people, I don't... And I've talked to every other caddy, and they're like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. So we fly into, uh, we're going to Canadian Open, flying to Buffalo, and we're driving to Toronto, and we're coming across Customs. And, you know, the guy's kind of serious, and he's like, why are you guys coming into Canada? I'm like, oh, we're here for the, here the golf tournament. He's like, what are you doing with the golf tournament? I'm like, oh, we're we're caddies. And he goes, you're caddy? like, yeah. He goes, you paid pretty well. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, is being Does a border patrol guard? <laughs> exactly. Like, why is that okay to ask? Like, actually, no, it doesn't pay well at all. I made $200 this year so far. <laughs> Thanks for asking.
0: ...in the country that has Joel Damon on their squad. I mean, what you can check his ownership percentage. I do know, that's probably pretty low. I, I'll, I'll have to click on that and see. And point and do, do you ever tell him about it? Like, are you ever like, dude, you're... you're uh, you need to step it up. Your drafting's price dropped like four hundred bucks in the last. So
1: I, I haven't told him that, but uh, I tell him the weeks that I've got him on my team. I'm like, dude, you can't be making <laughs> <did>. double. <laughs> awesome. I, uh, in uh, fact, I one of my roommates this week, um, he was like, I think he was hitting balls next to Henrik in the practice er, on Wednesday. I think. And he's like, Oh, Henrik is striping it this week. He was like, It was so fun to sit next to him and hit balls. And I was like, "I bet you five bucks Joel beats him this week." I was just feeling good about Joel. Uh huh. And and he's
0: like, "All right, done." So <laughs> uh, I think I think I lost the five. You you might take a hit to that three seventy you've earned so far. <laughs> That's uh, right. For yeah, sure. I'd be like Joel. Listen, can you pick this up, bro, because I got five of six through the cut. guess who's number six? You, my man. Can we step this up a little bit and make a run? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. My heart skips skipping the beach and I'm close enough so that space between you and me, let's lose it. No. The way you're dancing, sway into the music, girl, that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the
1: Country Heat playlist. Okay. I do think you know what you're doing
0: to me you got my- With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.